This is the Championship Club Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back. Uh, we've guest number two now and we are keeping the bar high and we're keeping it southwest with over 120 appearances for Gloucester and recently called into uh, Eddie Jones' England training squad. I'm delighted to say Mark Atkinson is on the show. Mark, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, gents. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, it's uh, been a while since I've seen I've seen that friendly face, so um, yeah, it's good to be on. Hey, Aki, how you doing, mate? So let's just get straight into it, mate. You, um, you're in the England squad. Well, I mean, what the fuck? How's that happened from nearly ten years ago from when I first met you? So talk us through the, the how. Like, is it a text message? Is it an email? And then just talk us about it in the last couple of weeks, really, mate. It must have been amazing. Right, it is. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? I think it's like, I I, I had this, I, I'm sort of in and around the idea in the summer, I believe. I'd had some emails saying, sort of, get yourself ready and uh, this and that. So that was more, the summer was more like, I, I thought the club had said to me, oh, look, we think yeah, that's happening. And then um, and then nothing, just literally the day of, like the same as everyone else saw the announcement of the summer. I was like, oh, do you know what? If it wasn't going to be in that sort of transition squad that you picked, then then fair enough, that's probably me, that. And then um, like, we, we <laughs> honestly, we had, you get nothing. Like I didn't even know a squad was being announced, and then um, we just had a little one about seven weeks ago. My phone was in the baby's crib doing white noise, and then Lids had a message from Dan Robson's missus, being like, "Oh, seen the WhatsApp group, congratulations!" And we we're like, "What on earth is that? We don't not heard from her in ages." And then um, checked it, and all of a sudden, all it is is like <laughs> our brothers were really disappointed. They were thinking like you'd get like a, a plaque or something, being like you've been selected, or a letter through in the post. Just straight WhatsApp group from the team manager saying these are the details. You're in. Team um, Richard Hill. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Oh no! No no! Like the um the, no. Although that was a surreal phone call. I got a call from him on the Friday, being like, oh, "Look, just want to check." And I was like, "And I don't know. You don't know if fully appreciate. You know, the, the younger boys in the squad probably don't fully appreciate who he is. I imagine because yeah. you might like, there's twenty there's twenty year old boys. They're not supposed to really know who Richard Hill is, are they? And appreciate yeah. who he is. Whereas I'm going like he's he's like hi Mark, it's Richard Hill. I was like fucking hell. <laughs> Richard Hill's calling me. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was a bit of a wake-up moment. I missed it. I got into the kitchen. I was like, wait, oh, this is going to be wasted on you. But Richard Hill's just called. I'm going to have to phone my dad and just tell me about a phone call from Richard Hill. Um, yeah, so that was a surreal moment. And then, yeah, just got uh, went in there after the game. We played Leicester on the Friday night. We were meeting on the Sunday. So I uh, went in. And Joe was weird. Like, you'll... Um, I don't know what you're like in, in, in clubs, Mike. But I know, you know, Gully, I know you like to... <laughs> like comfortable and, and, and say what you think. And, and that's probably me here a little bit. You know, you get into a certain groove, don't you? And you can sort of have an opinion, say, and I, I went in and I was like, oh, hang on, this is like, this is new for the first time in eight years. I was like, this is going to be, you can't just sort of walk into the gym and scream and shout at people and walk into the physio room and shout abuse at people. So um, it was weird, but it was really like good edge to it. Like everyone there, I think there's nobody finds it too comfortable, which is probably what he wants and why it's a top, top level. Um, you've got people who've got 50 caps and they're going in, going like still on edge, still wanting to... And, and like everything about it was every I went in and I had this mindset of going like I'd always wanted to go if I, if it was a weekend if it was one camp I'd always wanted to see what it was like in there like I just went that, that attitude of going like like you're just gonna have to go and love this because you know we had a there was a 6 30 breakdown bit with cockers where you were doing and I was like me a few years ago I'd have been going now nah, that's not for me I'll just find like any old way to get out of this or just go half-hearted and I was like nah this is 
just just go and love it and try and take whatever you can out of it. Yeah. Um, and it was brilliant. Like he, like people don't do breakdown like they used to. Like he just wants you to go do some technical stuff and then same at our club, go do some technical stuff and then hit ten or five hard ones. And that's yeah. all. It's all they asked you to do. And I was like, right, it's half six in the morning. You're doing, bre- you know, another like pinch yourself moment. Like you're doing breakdown with cockerel at six thirty in the morning. Just just go and do it. You're going home tomorrow. So you might never be here. You might right. never be here again. Like the um, how, like they, how did you find- the kit man? The kit man gave out all this kit, and like for the first time in years, I've taken it to my room, and I was like, bloody hell, I'm excited by kit again. Like I've put I've put all this stuff on my bed, and I was like, there's more than you know what to do with. I was like, oh my god, and then. Uh, he said, like, right, check all the size in, like, use it this weekend, and then we'll get it all measured up for you and um, and get your initialed up for it for the next camp. And I was like, oh, hang on. Um, well, next, <laughs> uh, next, you want, so you want this back on the Monday or the Tuesday, you want this back, and then I'm going to get it back at the next camp. I was like, what if there's not a next camp for some of us? Um, but no, nah, it was, it was, mate, it was everything I hoped it was going to be. Yeah. And how was, um, how are your interactions with Eddie Jones? I know Cocker's like, Cocker played in my bed. When I, played at but when I'm alone with with coppers at Leicester years ago I was that was a long time ago now and he was I've never been so impressed with the perception of coppers is maybe different to the delivery of coppers and his technical knowledge is amazing like he's yeah. a great bloke as well so how, how were those yeah. Yeah, I I think I probably had the same idea as you there about about Cockers. I I just sort of heard and saw the perception of the Leicester stuff and you know tough man blah blah like all this and I found completely yeah completely opposite. Just he was like he came over did a a, back, a part of the back session he did some breakdown it was brilliant detailed and then all of a sudden you were like right that's done you know just there wasn't it was just very well delivered very concise and I, and I, you know, I took, yeah I think I took quite a bit from it and I I felt like you just said then I found it complete opposite to what to what I was expecting in a way um very very you can tell you just can tell how, how good he is can't you when you with, with your in rugby interactions yeah. um and then yeah I, I mean i'd never had any interactions with eddie before getting in there so uh, i enjoyed it i, I knew you know uh, sense he's going to be a character don't you um and and he delivers really he knows how to put a squad together i mean you don't win that much do you without knowing how to interact and it's just it's brilliant like I, I like characters in the game. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, fond of a few characters, and um, it's it's just good. Like the the whole mindset is, you are there to win rugby matches, which it, it's it's quite it's quite refreshing because you're allowed to do it differently at England, I guess, and do it at a club, aren't you? You don't have to be, you know, you can you can do it differently. You don't have to be mates. You don't have to have the interactions in a way of 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 your day to day. That you know, you can put stuff in your life on hold and go in there and win rugby matches, and then come back out to real life, can't you? In a way, which is an amazing situation, and it's probably why they've won so many games, I reckon. Yeah. What happens now then, Mark? Are you, you, you just keep doing stuff for Gloucester, and hoping to hear from uh, Richard Hill again. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think, um, yeah, go, but he basically said to everyone, like, go and just, I know that, oh, that was refreshing as well. Like, look, just go and, and play well. That's all, that's literally the only message. No, like, oh, look, this is wrong with your game. This is wrong with your game. This, I think probably everyone just got the same. Go away and play well, and we'll see where we're at, basically. And what is it, a month's time or something? Is it, uh, for the autumn? Um, and, and that, yeah, that's, that's it. Like, what what else can you what else can you ask for other than being told you are now in in and around it? That's all you want to know, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. As right. a, as anyone, you got like that's all I think that's all I'd ever ask you. you. Go like right now you've got a crack, then it's up to you now. Before you're never sure when you when you've not been picked. Someone asked me someone asked me last week when it was announced. They're like, oh, have you you know have you had any resentment to squads in the past? And I was like, no, not in the slightest. Because you see, 
But I've never thought of myself as in one of these squads. So therefore, you see these class players getting picked and you realise how good they are. And you're like, yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when, he, when, when I saw the squad even, I was like looking at centres. So I was like, oh, who's he not picked? I was like, nah, nah, they're all, they're all really good. Yeah, okay. Um, so... There's no like, there's no resentment in the slightest. I was just like, oh, get yourself in there, smile, and see how it is." Um, mate, we, um, I just think you keep an eye on that WhatsApp group, mate. Because <laughs> 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 I can left the group. <laughs> What's that? I'm just saying you don't. You keep an eye on that WhatsApp group. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna. I've not heard from that WhatsApp group in a while, ever, because um, now you've been exited from the uh, the the group. <laughs> Aki has been removed by shot. Yeah, yeah, class. Uh, so, Mark, then, if, if you don't mind, of course, this is a Championship Club podcast, and unsurprisingly, we love to shine a light a bit on the league. And uh, whilst it's fantastic to see you got onto such great glory now in the England squad, I guess uh, there, was, there was a time as a sort of a 19, 20 year old where the Championship almost threw your, your career a lifeline. Is it fair to say, in one respect? And I believe you were. Uh, Dropped out of um, the sort of the Premiership academies and joined Isha. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That was probably you're probably right there. Like I, I'd probably enjoy myself uh, a, t- a touch too much. I reckon as a, I reckon there's a lot of them out there, like fairly talented youngsters who go to go all right, don't really get a go, and then just drop out basically. Um, and that was probably me. I was, I was all right. I was, I did the same as a lot of people, and I'd, in and around that England twenties mix, thought that life was going to be okay then, basically. You get you get told that a lot, don't you? Like, oh, you played twenties, yeah. You'll go on and you'll kick on now, and you don't realise there's a, there's an element to like learning how to be a professional, and they don't you don't really get taught that part of it enough, I don't think. Like how it should be done, how you need to be, and you just like you go from being a kid at school, don't you, to being like this in in this environment, and before you know it, it was whipped away from me. Um, and then and then so yeah, so I went to Isha. Um, I've actually got. A, I wonder how many people have done this, by the way. I've actually been relegated twice from two different clubs from the champ. I thought it was once. I thought yeah, it was twice. Hold on, let yeah. me guess. Yeah. Isha, yeah, I, I guided Isha as a fly art, as a twenty-year-old fly. I guided them to relegation. Sedgley Park. Sedgley Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Played six games for Sedgley Park in the year that he went from 16 to 12, I think it was. Is that right? Yeah. Be about yeah. What, 2011-ish, I uh, imagine. Two far, no, 2008-9, I think it was, was it? Oh, wow. 2008-9, wow. something yeah. like that? Yeah. When it went from 16 to 12. Gully was probably, you were probably, where were, were you then? Oh, Pirates? Pirates then, yeah. Yeah, Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted you wouldn't have wanted interaction with me when I was getting relegated with Sedgley Park at that stage. I was just running away from Jim Faree. You said you've got Yeah, so went to went to Isha and genuinely but I needed it. I played twenty five games or something that that year and loved it. And like I was like we were playing we weren't very good, but we were playing I played every week. We I enjoyed the London life, but I tried to get the back end of that year, I was like, now nah, you need to start either taking it really seriously or get a job. And um and I was I was close i was close to going oh i could do this life this is quite nice this doing like you know getting some money from isha do a job start to build a career or whatever and then um uh, mike raya gave me sort of threw me the actual lifeline i'd say um but raya came to me and was like i've seen you play i think you could be a 12 for us rather than a 10. And I've been told that a few times. I don't know why I was trying to cling on to, um, trying to cling on to the idea of being a 10 because I was garbage. Um, and then, so yeah, I went to Bedford and uh, and yeah, met, met this big lump. We, jo- we joined at the same time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I thought you were a second yeah. at this last week. <laughs> and then you started the offloads. Like, yeah. Never going to play. <laughs> Jeez, who's this, blo- who's this bloke here? Yeah. Aren't the only second row with arms smaller than you? <laughs> That's what you were thinking, weren't you? <laughs> 
But um, yeah, and then we had, I don't know, we just had a, we had a team that clicked there, didn't we? Yeah, we, we were lucky, really. We had the right experience. And, mate, we yeah. enjoyed it off the field. We worked hard on it and we won every week. It was a, it was a good formula. Yeah. We might get the money right. players that year. Brilliant. Like that, that, especially that first year, it was like, it was pretty like, it felt like something just went together. Like, like you said, like we had, we had good youngsters, didn't we? Um, good youngsters who were still trying to push on and the, the right blend of Sarri's boys. Cause I don't think, um, I don't think this is a good one for you, by the way. So that there, that there is just walked past smiling. Neil Jenkins. <laughs> Do you want him on? He, um, he comes in to watch training once a week to see the Welsh lads. Um, that's, I reckon the young Welsh lads don't appreciate that either. Like, he's just walked past. I've just got a little bit giddy the idea of him walking past. They're just going, yeah, whatever. That's Neil Jenkins. Um, so yeah, so we had oh, that that first year. Like Mike Rayan knows how to put a squad together, though, doesn't he? He's something. He's got something where you like. He he still sees it really well. Um, and like we had, George, you say I don't know what your thoughts are, Gully, but like the right level of the lone boys from Saris. Yeah, I think it was the first year they'd got it right. I think the year before yeah. it wasn't. No, the year after it wasn't quite right. But we had the right age as well. I think they weren't. They weren't eighteen. They were like nineteen, twenty, and we had yeah. like, like Ben Ransom came, didn't he? And he was just. He was brilliant, wasn't he? He was absolutely brilliant. I know you like you yeah. forget how like that he was perfect for us that year. Um and like and like boys, he wanted to then kick on to being the Saris team. And it was like the perfect balance of going like they they appreciated what Bedford were doing for them because they knew that was their way in. Whereas I think the, the times it worse works worst is when you get dumped on a championship team for three weeks and you're resentful and you go, I'm better than this. Whereas most of those lads were like, I'm gonna use this as an opportunity, which was good. Yeah, and they did, didn't they? And in terms of yourself, I know it's like, you know, it's difficult to talk about yourself. Well, maybe not for you anymore, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like you're genuine though, mate. Like that, that period of your life, um, you talked about becoming a professional and learning to be a pro, although it was semi, semi-pro. Like what, how, how is that? We always say like championships are great tools, but it's over to the player once you're in it to kick on from there. How did that period of your life and that period at Bedford help you kick on at, at Gloucester? And now I think it was like, I think it was like playing and seeing. So for the first time then I was like, right, hang on, we're at the top of the champ now, aren't we? We were like competing with, you know, we would compete with Newcastle. I know ultimately they they did us, but like, you know, they had, to, they were still spending four and a half million pounds a squad, weren't they? So that's what I'm like. It's an impossible task, I think. But you, you get to that stage where you're like, you're looking around going like, all right, well, we're now at the top of the league. So what are boys doing who are my age who are now doing well? And like, they're all taking it a little bit more seriously than you. And you're like, right, what are the... I start to look around and go, you you can't get away with doing what you were doing. Well, or or you make a decision, don't you? It's like, you either carry on doing what you're doing and go, I could be in this league and I could maybe... Or you go, well, there's boys who are not not much better than me, but they seem to be playing week in, week out in the premiership. That's what I... I've seen these boys and I was like, I don't think they're much better. Like, what are they doing? And it was probably just like a, level, a slight level of professionalism from me and learning how to be a professional. Like... Not just be, I was like a, a kid. I don't think I ever like passed up an opportunity to go and piss or anything like that or like any opportunity to do something where I was like, yep, that's, that sounds great. That. Yep, yep. It was always like excitement for all of it. Um, and then that second year, I, I went to Ray, to Mike Ray and I was like, look, I think, I think I'll just carry on doing the same for you. I don't think I'm going to get any better. Like, I, I went and did that year at Saris, didn't I? Yeah. So I, I went that the opposite route, which is like unconventional. I went and trained that, did all my weights and um, skills. Because I think you, you can say like, 
the battle of boys who do work and then do the weights on the side and train, geez, I'd reckon like that's the hardest thing about it. Like the boys who genuinely work then do a, a real weights program and then train. I, I found myself just going, I'll just train. I'll just train. Yeah. Like, I, I won't do my weights. I won't do my extra skills. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm at Sarah. I was at Sarah's that second year. Not, I don't think anybody would ever have known I was even there. I don't think half of their coaches knew I was there, but <laughs> I was just, I was just doing weights full time again. And it was like almost like the professional mindset kicked in. Um, but say like, we had we had suddenly a conditioner at, at Isha was like was non-existent. We had then Paddy at Bedford, didn't we? Who again made a huge difference because he like offered a level of professionalism that if you bought into you it was on offer for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, he was great. I was in that bloody five AM crew working and uh, brutal, but he did what he did and we got the rewards, didn't we? And it was it was a good. Yeah. Oh, we had so, like such a good team, and I still, you know, you, you think of it as like one, well, probably the first year, the second year, I was a little bit more resentful. Um, once, once I wasn't allowed, because I also think I don't know what your your boys' thoughts are like. You, you, you have like an agreement in your head with with clubs in the championship, don't you? Like, if there's a chance for a real move, I'm not saying boys should be allowed to walk away from con- contracts in the slightest, but like. If you know that you're, you've given your all and you then get a chance to go up and do a real move, not just a, a month-long loan, which is going to do over your team, but a, a two or three-year deal and you go up bless, with our blessings. And like and that's, I, I found like that a bit resentful in the last four or five months when um, I did not, I'm not with me and the rugby, me and the board above, like me and when I tried to go yeah, um, half of whom I Nah, nah. They asked for like more money than I was on. I think <laughs> I asked, I asked six grand left on my contract. They asked for twenty. <laughs> um, but no, but like, it wasn't. It wasn't my like. Wasn't Mike in the slightest? Like Mike, we we had a, you know our relationship was. I was like father and son relationship at times, wasn't it? Um, and we still like we still. It wasn't. And I, I I think he was the one. I put it down to like he was probably one of the people that saved. When you said offered a lifeline, it was Ray who, who really saved me and turned me turned me around. I reckon. Um, and not in what do you. You're like not in a coaching way, is it, Gully? What is it like? How does how do you manage to do that? Because it's not wasn't necessarily the coaching, was it? No, I, I, my first year there, I just like why didn't I join this club five years ago? I don't know. I just felt yeah. like that point, but then towards the end, maybe not. And it's I don't know. It's, I just think we got lucky, mate, that year. But it's but it's not luck, is it? Because Mike's been there fifteen years now, uh, and he's got yeah. you know he's, he's doing something right, and it's you know they're still producing good characters and, and, and good a good team. So it, it, it reminds me a bit like. It is a well, sorry, down sorry. There, like. so we're down there on Friday. There's still three thousand people coming to watch, and the town buys into it. There's a good atmosphere. I know there's there's COVID protocols around the squad at the moment, but you could still see that even with this link with Northampton, there is a strong Bedford identity within it. And I think I've I've felt that every time that I've gone down to that club. And Mikey, he's got to take a massive sort of uh, a massive kudos for that because he has been the focal point of uh, how long has he been there now? Like it has been forever, it seems. Yeah, he'll be pushing. Why? What do you what do you think of like when you know when you see people move? this is that probably the like when you see people move around the championship that's that's probably a big one of like um you know the people who do a one year here and then a two year there and then a one like that like and and it's and it and it's fair like, for certain reasons for moving there is there's there's reason isn't there but like i think i'm one of the keys Rayer always seems to sign the right people and i think you see someone like exeter you know like even when they bring in people they they always get the right people don't they the right personalities i don't know what your experience has been like that in the especially in the champ i don't know what you think uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think look, you can give a million reasons why lads will move around the league, can't you? I think um, there's, there's 
often not too many other places to go if you're out of contract at one club or there might be a better money move within the league for you know it's always going to be a confined amount of money with it being a, with it being the league that it is but yeah Bedford do seem to get that right um as do Exeter they very rarely sign big stars I know like Stuart Hogg's gone there in recent years but often not they're not always signing superstars a lot of academy growing a lot of championship players there but um, yeah, they, they, they do seem to get it right. And I think they've evolved with the times very well. I think this Northampton partnership that they've got now it is looking like it is going to increasingly become the way to go. We've seen now, obviously, Nottingham with Leicester, Gloucester, Hartbury, Bristol sort of triangle, if you like. And, uh, you know, Mark's managed to keep it. Sorry, Mike's managed to keep himself relevant and sort of on top of that game for time and time again and cyclically rebuilt squads that, you know, the Bedford are very rarely struggling at the wrong end of the table, are they? Ever. And like, I don't know the ins and outs of each club's budgets. You obviously know you've, you've got your Ealings and everything else, but everyone else is. You know, there's a, it's probably a similar sort of playing field, and Bedford always seem to, you know, be up there or thereabouts every year, don't they? I think I, so. I certainly wasn't on Ben Gulliver type money, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, they made some they made some big signings that year, but it was only one of us getting the right amount of money, that's for sure. Oh, it now. Just what I was going to say, I was going to talk about. Uh, you've been out of the league for eight years now, um, and you, you're a Premiership player. You know, you've played 120 games in the Premiership. What's the view amongst Prem boys yourself of the champ these days? So, yeah, it's a fun, it's a funny one. I think the more you see, the more you see people get an opportunity. Like I'll give you an example, like Kyle Moyle, who came to us last, you know, last year, and suddenly just like slotted into being like a Premiership player, like like straight. And you go right, there's somebody who's who's fought away for what five or six years down at Pirates, or maybe even longer, and probably again thought his time was done, and and then just comes up, just you, it realizes, and it, it makes people realize there is a lot of talent in the league. I think more now. Four or five years ago, I reckon when people were thinking it was done, you know, people were thinking like the the the, the gravy train of getting some decent championship contracts was all ending, wasn't it? And um, and that seemed to be like winding down. And then all of a sudden, because of the because of the squeeze on Premiership clubs, they're looking around going, "Well, hang on, like we're paying these kit like so- Southern Hemisphere players how much to come over, and some of them aren't producing. Whereas you need to fill your squad with some good good championship. That's what I think part of the key is. You yeah. sign some real good talent out of the championship who still really want it and and you know we've done it this year we'd say that you know will britain come come to us uh, unfortunately did his hammy but like you know a couple of good players who you know may or may not kick on but you take a, a bit of a risk and i reckon every club seems, uh is it wasp signed um that his and he started first week for them yeah done really well um, he was up here obviously did really well for us for a couple of years and i mean he got called into the yeah. scotland squad over the summer they've never played because yeah. of covid but just goes to show dan frost down at wasp as well um, yeah from pirates yeah. Um, there's been a few and i, I I, I wondered and I asked this to Gully off air. Do you think that post COVID we're seeing all professional clubs cut their cloth accordingly with with new budgets? And does that make the championships hands stronger? Because let's be honest, you will be able to pick up a lad who's been playing championship rugby a lot cheaper than you can pull them out of a French setup or a, a Southern Hemisphere setup. Yeah. I I think I think that's the way it's. What we're seeing these days is like each each year or you know you're squeezing out. It won't be the top. It won't be the top end of the league that that gets sacrificed. It's you know the boys who are still on the massive money. They're they're still going to be on the massive money. They're going to get that regardless. And you know they're the ones who bring in the crowds. And you know, say for instance, we let Charles Pietar and Rajazzo go next year, and then and then go and do another deal with BT Sport. And BT Sport turn around and go, yeah, but why would we give you more money? And you've let those stars go. The stars that people want to pay the the subscription for aren't in the league. 
So those top stars, I still think will get the, and rightly so, they will get it. It'll be the middle ground, the middleman that gets squeezed out. And then we'll, we'll need to prop that up with, or the, the clubs will need to prop that with, with good players who aren't asking the world. Whereas a few years ago, there was, you were looking around going, well, he's probably on this. He's probably on that. He's, and there was, and it was all adding up. And there was loads of middle ground players who were earning too much in a way. And unfortunately, there's probably, you're probably sacrificing two of them to get in four or five. You know, you don't want to say bits of meat because, but these bits, like a lot of bits of meat, play like you, know, you, you. If you get a chance to come in, that's what that's what I definitely would have signed as. And you, you get a chance to play, and then all of a sudden, that, one in, gonna, one in two. That's what I was going to say, Mark. I yeah. mean, with all due respect, you would have gone to Gloucester as a quote unquote bits of meat, and now you're in the England squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you, what you one in maybe one in three comes through as a as a, a player that or one in two, whatever it is. However, you transition them, you pick the right ones, and they probably become regular players for you. you know, Someone like Kyle, we signed Kyle last year and he just went straight into to playing. And yeah, you know, it's probably him or Jason Woodward and you can probably you probably guess who's on more from the club. But at the end of the day, like he's, he's probably played 20 out of 30 games that he's been available for for us. So, um, and, and I think one other thing is like coaches, it'll be interesting to do a bit of a, a markup of coaches who are young and English, who are happy to sign out of the championship. So, you know, Skiv's here. He's, he's guided Irish through, even though we don't allude to Irish as a championship team. But he was in the championship with Irish, wasn't he? No, and yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting to see like someone like Blackett or, or Skivs here. It'd be interesting to see whether like what what other what other clubs um, would take them basically take them out if you've got a, a Southern Hemisphere coach or a wherever, and you go, well, I'm not taking from the second tier over here. Um, whereas a lot of clubs, I reckon, would be happy to, wouldn't they? Uh, Mark, that was brilliant. I think it's a, a great time to call time on that as well. Uh, best of luck for the season, and of course, everything that goes on with the England setup. You've uh, been a great a great guest. Cheers, gents. Enjoyed it. Yeah, cheers, Aki. Uh, appreciate it, mate. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 